And he just got behind him and said, Hydra, low fade. You know, just got back to yeah. fundamentals, creativity, and hitting shots. And we're back. Welcome aboard the Par Train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. I got my partner in crime, our other co-host, Mr. Matt Cermak, with me. What's we up, did, Ev? We did all the intro up to this point, realized Matt's mic wasn't on, yeah. and we're doing it again. Well, it was half on. We weren't getting the quality we needed, but we're getting the quality now. This is How what we, we do for you, the listener. We're redoing it because we're, we're committed to quality. But in case you're new, welcome, quality, I like that. <laughs> welcome aboard, guys. Uh, your golf game off the rails, stick ride and the struggle bus. You've come to the right place. The part train helps frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again on and off the course, because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. The part train podcast unpacks the mental game with PJ Torpos, bestselling author, CEO, sports psychologist, everyday golfers like you and me, and more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and help you finally Get back on track. The Par Train Podcast is presented by Roback Performance Apparel. We were yes. just talking in our first version of the intro that it took you quite a long time, years actually, to yeah, get your years. first Roback hoodie. We were joking that you're kind of like the real estate guy. I'm kind of the tech guy. So I'm rolling with the hoodie all the time. Yes. You're going vest and polos and Q-zips, but you finally got a hoodie and I want to hear what you think. For all the people that are like you, on the fence, for whatever reason, they can't explain it. Not getting a hoodie. No. First of all, it was not on the fence. I was prioritizing <laughs> a little bit with my day-to-day. <laughs> Bottom line is, it's the best hoodie I've ever worn. Fits great. It's comfortable. You can work out on it. It's pretty stylish. Going out for a casual dinner out in the town. Yeah. It's awesome. The colors are great. I went classic gray. Mm-hmm. You know, starting out, I think you've got what twelve different colors. I've got twelve. You're going to be designing a hoodie for Rolex yeah. pretty soon. I'm. I, it's on my list. Well, it, they're they're incredible. Um, it's good to be in the Roback Hoodie Club. But I'll tell you what, Ev. Maybe you see more of them out west. I see a lot more Q-zips out here in Chicago. Mm. But once once I think the hoodies are going to be taken off because they're incredible. Well, I think they already are. I was in the game. I'm walking down the street in Los Angeles. And random people are coming up to me, touching my arm because they see the hoodie. They think it's yeah. so soft. They have to touch it. How and good is that? It's not the working out. I've been no. trying to shed for the wedding. It's not that. You're, it's cutting, not, you're cutting right now. Yeah. I'm trying to. Yeah. You know, I want to look my best come August. This, but, is, the, this is the guy who wants his tacos at the turn. He's demanding it. Yeah. <laughs> out with the hot dogs. Get the tacos. Enough's enough. Right. But the hoodies are seriously the softest, stretchiest, best fitting hoodie you will ever wear. So here's what you got to do. Go to rowback.com, enter the code train, get yourself 15% off. If you've done it before, open a Hotmail account, get an SBC Global account from your parents and get yeah. another one. You didn't hear that from us, but this is from serious your, from business. From your uncle. Yeah. Is this is serious com. business. Do yeah. what you have to do to get yourself the best price on a rowback hoodie or a polo or a Q-zip. You know, I'm wearing that margarita polo at Cabo I mean, when we play. How many, how many white rowback hats do I have? I got a few. Yeah, that's and there's, your and there's hoodie. more coming. Though. Your Thanks. hoodie is the white <laughs> rowback hat. I'm the hoodie, your white rowback hat. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Guys, go get some rowback, please. Rowback.com and to code train 15% off. Okay. Thanks to the guys that and gals at Rowback uh, for supporting the show. Giving people a little context about this format of and this type of episode. We do this after every major, or we try to, where we're making notes while we watch all of yep. Sunday and throughout the weekend. And we're trying to gather 
little nuggets of knowledge and mental learnings from what we watch so that the average player can take it and apply it to their game. And I think yep. there's a lot that we can take from the PGA Championship. The first things first, Sarm, I think we'll just jump right in here. Pretty grueling week. You don't but, really yeah. hear about conditions on a PGA Championship, especially when they moved it up in the schedule. You know, uh, conditions usually comes into play more in open championships and U.S. Opens and even the Masters. The thing about this week at the PGA Championship was it wasn't just hot. It got cold and then it had wind and the yeah. rough is sneaky, thick and long. So what I heard, um, Joaquin Neiman, they had him on CBS and he was talking about how that was the hardest part was you kind of put yourself in this mindset for a specific condition and then it changes. So you almost have to have the mentality that you got to be ready for anything. The conditions are going to change, right? So what was your take on the mental side of that? You know, you've played golf at Missouri State and you've played in a lot of terrible weather and a lot of rapidly yep. changing weather from snow one day to shorts the next. So what type of mental battle has that been for you? Let's talk about that. Yeah, well, I mean, a couple things, right? So look, these guys did kind of know what the weather was going to be, right? We did see the long term. If you looked at the forecast during the week, it showed really hot the first couple of days and it showed that drop. Now, the fact that JT won and he got the bad draw on Thursday and Friday too is, um, is unbelievable. And that's just pure luck. Yeah. Um, but the PGA, I love that. I love that they moved the PGA up to the second, to the second in the rotation because I think it's brought some, the luster back to it and the attention. The British, the Open Championship is the oldest championship. It should be the last. Remember, this tournament was supposed to be hosted at Trump's bet in Trump's course in Bedminster, which would have been New Jersey. Yeah. But still, we're still in spring. Tulsa, you know, I know that part of the country really well because Missouri State is about 80 miles from there in Springfield. And I pl I've played golf in Tulsa. I've played in Kansas. I've played in Oklahoma, Texas. And in this time of year, it's, it's very possible to get this kind of weather. Extreme weather, tornadoes, yeah. heat can drop. All that said, it is a mental battle, Ev, right? So you go out kind of playing kind of hot, kind of fast, firm conditions, you know, and, uh, and then the next day, I mean, on Saturday, I mean, you see Ricky Fowler wearing the mittens? Yeah. I mean, I mean, some of these warm weather guys really struggle, but like Tiger, it was a death blow to him. Yeah. It's just, it is really, really hard. And you kind of got to get lucky and you got to stay patient. And you, this was definitely something we hadn't seen in a while. And the golf course got tougher and tougher and tougher. But I was a fan of the layout too, Ev. I want to say I kind of liked it. Some people don't love it, but I thought, especially those playoff holes, some of those short, I like the short par fives and I like the short par fours. Yeah. And the 18th hole, I think, is one of the best 18 finishers in all the majors. But probably all the way through, it's not quite at the top. What do you think? Yeah, what a great playoff. Reachable five, drivable four, tough four. Yeah. Long, tough four. That really, like, they really thought that through. Yeah, yeah, that was great. But I guess what I take away from what you said there, going back to the weather, because like, let's remember, most of the people listening to this aren't playing in a four straight day event, right? They're playing the singular 18 holes. Now, we do have a lot of great amateur players and great players that do play in events that'll think about this 
apples to apples, but let me try and relate it to the everyday golfer too, which is things change in the round, right? It could be conditions. It could be the way you feel. It could be bounces. It could be anything. I think the point is, is that expecting whatever is to stay the way it is, is setting yourself up for disappointment and frustration and doesn't help you when things change. You're not going to be in the best mindset if you're expecting them to stay the same and they will never stay the same. I think that's good. Here's what I would say when we relate it back to the average golfer. Let's take Thursday. It's 95 degrees and it's pouring heat. Okay. You know, you're pouring going to play. Heat. Excuse me. I mean, <laughs> pouring sweat in, in the heat, right? I've felt pouring yeah. heat from <laughs> St. Louis. So I know what you mean, but yeah, go ahead. The, the big muddy, the Mississippi, but same part, similar part of the country. So for the average golfer that's going to play on a Saturday on a 95 degree day, you better bring an extra towel. You better bring your, you know, your Ors and Alps cooling pads, right? Mm. To wipe your face and control the sweat. That's how you prepare. Nice right? those, are those, those are those little things you do. And then when you know it's going to be 50 degrees and it feels like 44 in the morning, you got to bring those hand warmers. You got to bring those mittens in between shots when you're on the cart, right? Yeah. You got to do, so that's the extra preparation to have all the things available to you. The pros always have it available to them. But as an average golfer, what is this weather going to look like, right? So there's that piece of, and then there's, well, what's that one shot maybe I need? And it's that low shot in the wind, right? Mm -hmm. In the cold, it's an extra club and a smooth swing, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and, and then in the, so heat, what you're gotta, saying, in the heat, you got to kind of control your adrenaline because you're loose and you can make big, fast swings. Yeah. So it, it, that's where I want to tie it back. Yeah. Well, that's good because I think what you're saying is you got to have an intention and a plan coming mm -hmm. in if you're just coming in hoping you play well and you've got no plan and no intention for what you're going to think or do when things do pop up then you still might be okay right but you're going to be a much lesser chance and ability to persevere than someone who's thought through it that could be expecting it and said oh this is exactly what we were expecting or didn't expect that but i know what my keys are well, Evan, right. think about it this way, right? So the weather was so up and down, even on Thursday and Friday, right? Depending on what time you went out. But you've played, let's say, an 18-hole round. And in the front nine, it's calm and warm. And then a storm's rolling in, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe you get the round in, but it drops. It gets windy. You know the golf course. It's your home course. You get up to 14. Like, well, I'm usually I always see driver here. Well, maybe. But the wind changed. Or yeah. you've got to be able to pivot and yeah. understand the importance of being able to pivot based on the conditions. You got to have, you just have to have that recognition. If you don't, you're just, you know, you're going to get thrown off mentally. So I agree. Those are some immediate takeaways, I think, for all the listeners out there. But let's get into the action a little bit, Ev. I mean, what, what, were, the, what were the key storylines for you? Obviously, JT, an, an incredible comeback win. But yeah, what was grabbing you out there um, these last couple of days and today with some of the players? So before I go, I actually think it'd be cool to list uh, this is another, I guess, reason to follow us, a quick plug for, following us on social at the part train, we posted a poll on our story. Oh yeah. Or I guess a question box. Yep. And we asked people, Hey, we're about to do a podcast on our mental takeaways from the PGA. What was the takeaway for you? And I got five or six here real quick that I think could be fun jumping off points for what we think, but I want to start by highlighting some of those, um, some of our followers. Cause I think these were really good quality responses. So I like it. These kind of came right in 
during the action here yeah. right towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. Recently in the last few hours. So CC underscore golf said golf is a game of crazy. What ifs you never know what's going to happen. So focus on your game. Right. Yep. I mean, I think Colt knows who's been on the show a few times said on the broadcast, JT was like a 1.3% chance winner going into Sunday. He was seven shots back. Yeah. yeah. He still had to treat it and give it his best shot because he probably knew it can play tough down the stretch. There's a lot of first time yep. uh, potential winners at the top, a low number. You saw Roy trying to do that towards the beginning. And um, we saw it at the masters. He had a chance. So I think well, they the, all know it's a possibility. It's, it's the classic put up a number and see what happens. Right. But here's the interesting thing. I think a lot of us need to play with this mindset more because we've all started the day hoping to have something great. We press or we're trying to force it, trying to make things happen. We realize it's not our day at the turn. We let go. We play like we yeah. probably could have. And then we have a great back nine. So that's kind of a what if there in the sense of if I play golf and I know that anything can happen. Any drive could kick out in the fairway. Any bad drive in the trees, I could make a birdie from, potentially. Um, any shot in the middle of the fairway, I could make bogey or worse. So focusing on the controllables, this is actually a great reminder of that, of like, hey, there is so much craziness yeah. that can happen after that ball leaves the club face. You can't control any of it. So it's a crazy game of what ifs. We just saw it today with JT. Just do everything you can that you can control. Let the rest go. Right. That's golf in general, but then throw in the, the wacky conditions. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like, well, you really got to be able to just take a deep breath and be like, just shrug yourself along and just, you know, count them up at the end and see what happens. No, I love yeah. that. That's a, that was a great, great take by CC golf. Yeah. CC um, Seb yeah. underscore Ayala underscore Rojas said, always have faith in what you do. That's a Scotty Scheffler kind of quote early in the week. Yeah. Like he's, yep. I posted earlier, like Scotty didn't say you need to like hit fairways or make putts when he was asked, like, how do you win a major championship? He said, you got to have faith that you can hit all the shots and well, in all parts of your game. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you know what? I got a quick story on this point. Cause I just learned something really great. We haven't even talked about this term, but you know, I've been putting in a lot of work and focus mentally with my driver. Yeah. And this is my third round um, since putting in this new, kind of faith self-talk and we don't talk a ton about self-talk because frankly i've been a little hesitant to lead with that yeah. because i'd rather give people executional keys and things before telling them that they're actually better than they think they are because immediately they're going to say no you're wrong i suck and we'll lose them so i haven't really led with a lot of self-talk stuff but let me tell you a quick story john weir from mental golf type I made a video on it. We've talked about it. Like we talked for an hour and a half about the past of my driver woes, right? Snap hooks, big blocks, just a lot of like anxiety, stress response. When I get the driver in my hand, a lot of it was unconscious. We've talked about that, but there was something really powerful that happened when I started telling myself things really positive. Like I realized I haven't told myself positive things with that club because I didn't feel like they were true. So a lot of people stop when they think about positive self-talk because they don't think it's true. But then Rotella told us, well, it certainly gives you a better chance than thinking bad things. Right. So I started telling myself that 
I'm a hell of an athlete. I'm going to break that glass in the sky thinking about big zones. So I'm doing things specific to my mental golf type. But more importantly, I started telling myself that I'm dangerous with a driver in my hand. Like I really am. Like I can hit it long and I'm good with the driver. And at first I was like, John, that, but I don't feel that way, you know, but then I started like really feeling what it felt like to hit a good one in past, you know, kind of like Peter Pan with the happy thought. And then he started flying. I started right. thinking about that and I started like encompassing the feeling of hitting a great shot, which Fred couples talked a lot about in the past. He feels like he hits a perfect seven iron before he hits a seven iron. And I told myself, I'm a great driver of the golf ball. And I went from a still a work in progress as it always is, but I went from snack hook, snap hooks to big blocks to, I won the long drive at, at the Stableford yesterday. We love that. Uh, and we won the Stableford and that. I hit a lot of great draws and I hit a decent amount of fairways. Well, so it's twofold that, right. And, it's a, and this is great because you are making a ton of progress because sometimes it's like, man, I have this plan. I'm doing my pre-show routine and I just still can't execute. Yeah. Now you're saying I'm working on my pre-show routine. I'm working on my plan, my thoughts, but I'm also telling myself. And now you might think at first, like you're telling John, like, John, you tell me I got to lie to myself. <laughs> you know, yeah. I got to trick myself. But that vocalization, you've now changed your whole attitude. But it actually it's carries twofold. a totally new energy. It's, two, it's twofold, right? You've yeah. got your plan. You know what your keys are. And then you say, like, I'm dangerous. Yeah. Little, top, little top Gun, Iceman, right? Like, you like, know, like, you know, and, like, honestly, I want the listener to really try I'm dangerous. And I know it might sound silly at first, but like literally think that before you hit yeah, and you tell you know, me it doesn't make a difference. A, DM lot people, me. a lot of people got hit with golf balls this week at the PGA. You're not talking about that kind of dangerous. No, no. <laughs> you're but here's about, the other you're thing. talking about 310 high draw left side of the fairway. Yes. Yes. I'm going to do the impossible <laughs> right now, sir. I'm going to relate my silly Stableford to the PGA championship in another way. Okay. Another quick story. And trust me, this will relate to everything you just watched. Today Guys, telling stories today. Okay, so when we started off our Stableford three-man event, uh, to give context, three positions: uh, off the tee guy, approach guy, short game guy. You needed to fill those positions six times each. So six of my drives, six of my approaches, six of my putts or chips, right? And so that brought some strategy and some pressure into play. Now we started off slow as a lot of scrambles slash events do. Um, this was a stable for scramble hybrid, but we started off slow and we even made a bogey on hole four, That's which if you make a bogey in that position, you think, well, we just lost I give you, it. I give you guys credit for coming back. We just lost it. Right. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what the PJ championship was like. You would have, if you were JT earlier in the week, you might, or even at the start of the day, you might have thought, well, I don't really have a chance here. But we just started playing golf. We, we stopped thinking about trying to win where we think we need to be. It's classic mental game. We made the same mistake that a lot of people make. You get amped up. You talk to each other about potential winnings. You're trying to make birdies. The minute we let that go because we made a bogey, we started hitting shots and we started getting into a groove. And we right. won. You fell out of the trap of we have to do this. You got to over each shot. What are we doing? What are we focusing on doing? It? Yeah. 
Ev, JT, I don't know if you heard this or how closely we're following some of him specifically throughout the week, but it ties into what you're saying. So he was not playing well in the practice rounds. And his dad just pulled him aside this week and said, got him out of the range, put some alignment sticks down. And they said, and he just got behind him and said, high draw, low fade, you know, just got back to fundamentals, creativity and hitting shots. Mm -hmm. And that really calmed him down. Mm-hmm. And but got back to like the essence of what golf is, and it's exactly what you're talking about in your team game, you know, your team tournament that you want, you know, yeah. like not not getting so caught up, my, you know, just on a certain hole, what I think my performance is, and just getting back to like, you know, being a golfer, you know, yeah. playing the game. Well, think about that. JT got caught up in the results, like we all do, and he started thinking about, well, shit, how am I going to win a major? when I'm playing so bad and then they got back to what he does which is great fundamentals and hitting shots and he there's nobody better you know Tiger would be one of them but shaping the golf ball yeah (laughs) he's got the best hands I mean Bubba would be one of them but he hits every shot in the book that little cut off 18 with the driver yeah um another thing too Evan JT did you see him after he talked about how how mad he was yesterday when he got off the golf course and he had to blow off steam on the range no. and, bone, and bone said to him, you got to stop being so hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Good things are coming. And he, and, and JT's like, I, I needed to hear that. I need to stop being so hard on myself. I went to the range. I needed to blow off steam. I had recognition that I needed to do that. And I just need to stop being so hard on myself and just, and just go out and play tomorrow and try to enjoy my joy a little more. And he went out and shot 67 and he's got two PGAs now. So what did he shoot yesterday? I don't know. 74, 74 75. I yeah, mean, I he was seven, back, seven back going into today. Okay. So let's <laughs> review. Let's review. Okay. We've got, this is the This is the today's major champion. I want to review everything that went into this. Okay. Not playing well coming in, but hasn't won this year. Best ball striker on the tour. Not yeah. one. So the confidence he's, his mind's all over the place. Yeah. 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 Not playing well at the practice rounds. Poor round. Going into the final round on Saturday. Yeah. Feel like feel like he shot himself on the foot and what is wrong with me? Yeah. And seven shots back going <laughs> into the final day. And he won. So to CC Golf's point, golf's crazy. So if Justin Thomas can win the 2022 PGA Championship, you can certainly put together a decent round when you don't feel your best. Well, and yeah, to mental six. game one on one. And Seb underscore Alea, who wrote us, always have faith. It's true, but sometimes you need people around you to help you. Yeah. Now, obviously, the tour players have a whole team and coaches, but sometimes that that little you know that little nudge. Well, that's a, hopefully what we serve as, like a little part right. of. I hope is that this I, show right. and I love you're listening to it on the way to the course. Exactly. But like, I actually think people need to remember when they're starting off slow or they just don't feel like they have it. Just remember the three things we just listed about Justin Thomas, right? And Mito Piera, Pereira, if I'm saying it right, three years ago, he was just another, you know, mini tour guy. And last year, he now. wins three times in the corn Ferry last right. year. Right. He said, what, four top 25s, 100th in the world. Just the progression, unbelievable. But, oh, whoa, he launched to being leading the PGA with. Right. With one hole left. Let's take a quick break. I realize we haven't taken our first break um, oh. from 
our sponsor, Ors and Alps, and then we'll get you right back to the show. I was looking really forward to this, sir, because yep. when we shared some time at the PGA show in Orlando in January, yes, we, uh, we shared a room and I walked into the bathroom and oh. I saw a stick of Old Spice. And I, I'm not going to lie to you, sir. I thought it was Hank's. I'm like, Hank's 24. And you should probably has you it should. from college. He's inexperienced. Yes. And I'm like, this has got to be Hank's. I started laughing myself. I moved on. Well, Smart. little did I know, this was yours. Caught, I was caught in the act. You were still using Old Spice. Have you been using Old Spice since college? I have gone back and forth between Old Spice and, you know, Dove. Uh, okay. But I have banned those brands. Banned. What you had to see, you know, transpired in Orlando was very difficult. Now we make fun. I'm, I'm glad to see that you're starting to but come why out on I, the other but, side. But Ev, what's the great theme? Why did I, why were we using those big name brand deodorants? Out of convenience. It's yeah. what we know, yeah. right? Ors and Alps, game changer. Well, so I'm last Never week, going back, Ev. I just want you to know that. that. I'm, you know what? That warms my heart because we don't need aluminum going under your armpits what okay? i would have that was that's heavy what, metals hank you thought hank was doing that stuff yeah i oh. thought it was hank but here's the deal <laughs> last week we talked about sunscreen use right not enough people yeah. are using sunscreen on the course it's a big deal like there's a lot of this isn't as serious as that but you know you don't want to stink out there see what i no. did there so ores and alps this is this is really cool because Years ago, I found Ors and Alps myself, and now we're working with them. So this is really uh, special to my heart because Ors and Alps deodorant was the first product of theirs that I found. And like we talked about before with the sunscreen, like it's pretty, it's becoming more of a thing now, but for whatever reason, guys don't think that it's okay to get themselves good self-care products, right? You use what you used back in college, like Old Spice, but Ors and Alps deodorant was named by Men's Health as the editor's choice for yeah. deodorant. You're liking there's a, it? There's a California scent, which is the yellow, right? And then, um, oh, it's incredible. Orzen Alps is unbelievable. It's good for you. It smells great. And they're an awesome company based yeah. out of Chicago. Yeah. You guys got to get this stuff. It's incredible. You, you feel good about it too, right? Yeah. Supporting a, like a brand that really stands for something and stands for good health, longevity. And this stuff's just great. I love the cooling pads too, Ev. Yeah. Cooling pads are nice. They got little beads, but so I'm a Mandarin woods guy. I like the Mandarin woods scent. It's got a little bit of a little citrus boost, but it's woodsy. So it still feels like manly to me, but it's, it's for sensitive skin, which I like. Sometimes I get a little irritated under there. Um, so I like that. And just so you guys know, like a lot of guys don't know about this stuff. Like most mainstream deodorants have aluminum in them. And that's what clogs your sweat glands. Okay. Ors and Alps is aluminum free. You don't, you don't want heavy metals going into your skin. It's not, a, you can, I'm not going to go through them like I did with the sunscreen, but just Google heavy metals in deodorant and see the effects. It's not good. So many people are still using body spray, like yeah. right guard, which is like the classic old school. That's just as bad or worse. Yeah. Or Axe from like yeah. our high school locker well, room. Axe Yuck. was the new right guard, you know? So yeah. No, so or, here's the I, thing. Never going back. It goes on clear, non-sticky, dries quick. I'm telling you, I found them even before they were a sponsor. So I'm telling you, they're great. Zorb Sweat with Cornstarch. 
It won't leave pit stains on your light shirts and it stops odor causing bacteria with natural antimicrobials. So go to oarsandalps.com. That's O-A-R-S and alps.com. Enter the code train for 15% off. And if you think you stink out on the course, maybe it's just your deodorant. Get some oars and alps. Maybe it's not your golf game. I don't know. Simple as that. (laughs) All right. Let's get back to the show. You were about to start talking about Mito Piera. Yeah. Pereira. Yeah, he was incredible. I mean, what a week for the guy. An absolute game changer, right? Um, just the guy who's been on the rise, you know, with his corn fairy success, three wins. He's 100th in the world. He's had four top 25s. He played incredible. But he had one, <laughs> one swing that changed it all. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, he left that putt on 17, just six inches short, too. He was great. I mean, you know, and you could tell on the front nine, he was a little, maybe the nerves were getting him, but he was getting up and down, mm-hmm. right? He made he was, serious He was putts. missing it in places he shouldn't have, and then he was getting up and down. So he was like, wow, maybe this is his week. Feldo kept saying he should hit a three-wood on 18, but Dottie kept saying he hit driver yesterday. Well, you let's know? talk about that. I and, wanted to bring that up because Dottie yeah. seemed to defend him that he was very deliberate and yeah. intentional. Uh, didn't seem that quick to her um she just liked how deliberate he was with his decision and he had great feels from the day before so let's talk about this from the mental side you got the he had a one-shot lead yep at that time correct yeah and coming off a par water right he loves hitting that stinger he made birdie there yesterday hit a mm. great drive so do you change your you talked about adapting earlier you but change what is, your game plan what it, to but, take water out of play? But but he could, but you've watched, we watch guys all week hit three woods into the water. Yeah, that's fair. I guess you know? Faldo's point was a three wood is easier to, to draw or hook off of the water and playing a cut with water right maybe wasn't the shot. But at the same but, time, but JT you, did that driver yeah. low cut. But at the same time, he just got to play with what you're comfortable with, right? What did he, sometimes what did, you just don't execute. What was his What was his quote? It was like I didn't realize <laughs> how much maybe tension he had in his body. Right, that was it was it. kind of yeah. an out of out of body experience. So he just didn't execute. I mean, that's what he's been doing. Yeah, it's not like there was. It wasn't really that windy on the 18th hole. He just got nervous. Looked like he didn't make a big enough turn. Yeah, he couldn't get couldn't get through it. Golf is a cruel game. Yeah. <laughs> It's a cruel game, right? He led this golf tournament pretty much all day. Yeah. And had a, and had a chance to make history. It's the greatest, but also just most difficult sport, you know? So maybe, it's so difficult. Maybe yeah. the takeaway and the learning is not as much about the decision making and managing pressure. Maybe it's deeper than that. Maybe it's the fact that when he started the week, he told Valionis, he told her he just wanted to make the cut. Right the end of the week he's disappointing because he gave up the lead but if you remember what he just did if you would have asked him that at the beginning of the week how how are you going to like finish in top 3 and have a chance to win he'd be thrilled so yeah. i guess maybe one of the takeaways is look you're not going to make every shot when you need to we all make mistakes the point is to learn from it and elevate yourself propel yourself for the next one and maybe the learning here is to give yourself credit for all of the amazing things you did during your round or your tournament 100%. versus the mistake you made down the stretch. And hopefully things from this show can help you from making those mistakes. 
but you know, mistakes are going to happen. He he's got the right attitude. He's going to look at all the good things he did. He had a chance to win the PGA championship yeah. at his first go at it, but it's like any average player, right? So you had a bad 18th hole and you lost, you lost the match to your buddies. You're going to make mistakes. You, you got to remember the good ones. Oftentimes you just don't do it, but you gotta, you gotta at least know, have the recognition and no, he's yeah. a great story. He'll come back. One thing I did want to talk about Ev is Rory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody counted Rory and JT out yesterday and, JT may had an unbelievable comeback. Rory was leading on Thursday. I, I mean, how many texts did you get about Rory? I was getting about Rory. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, he's, he's something mentally has clicked. We haven't seen him lead a, a major in a long time. And then Friday and Saturday, just as it got tougher, he got weaker. And then today mm-hmm. he played okay. Played good today, but kind of what we saw at the Masters, he was out of it and then had a good final round. Um, I mean, Chambly kind of summed it up. It's just mental. Like something is just, I don't know if he's got the weight of the world on him. You know, it's just, it's not, you know, it's just not doing it for four rounds, Yeah. you know, at a major and JT. I don't know if Rory's losing the faith, you know, or losing like just doubting, doubting his abilities or J, you know, but JT had a huge breakthrough because JT's quote was earlier in the week. Winning the first major, I felt all the pressure externally mm-hmm. from like the media and people asking me about it. And then winning the second major, it was internal. Mm-hmm. Now we have to remember Rory's won four. He's one of the right. greatest players ever, but he hasn't won a major in eight years. And then Rory didn't take, he didn't take any questions. He didn't go to the press conference. He just left the property. Well, no laying up tweeted after Pereira gave his interview that if Pereira can give the post round interview, Everyone should. Yeah, he should be. Right? I think he should be fine. That's their, your, your, it's your requirement. Yeah. yeah. But I still love Rory. But um, Rory talked about how he's trying to find the balance between being happy off the course and not taking it so seriously, but still, you know, expecting a lot from him. Yeah. It's just hard. It's just, it's so hard. He's won four majors, 21 tournaments on the PGA Tour, FedEx Cup, money titles. He's done it all. Yeah, he's got an unbelievable, and he's one major away from the Grand Slam, the Masters. Yeah. It um, almost feels, but it's just it's we just love Rory because he's so honest. You just root for him, and he's such a talent. I don't know if there's anybody better, you know, besides Tiger in his prime or Jack in the prime when they're when Rory's on. Spieth and Tiger looked like they couldn't. He was just yeah. playing a different game. Well, you know what, Dottie yeah. talked about deliberate with Rory on on Thursday is he just seemed to walk into the shot a little faster. He just seemed to see the ball, see the shot, hit the shot, and play kind of like a kid. Well, you know, you talked about everyday golfers like us pressing at the beginning of a, a scramble. You know, like you could kind of feel Rory pressing after he started off great. Yep. Kind of like Justin Rose. I forget what year it was in the Masters. Maybe it was 2018 or 2020. I forget which one, but he wasn't in form and he shot a 66 in the first day. And then you could feel him just holding on the rest of the tournament, you know, but look, easier said than done. That's the hardest part about the game is results are right in front of you. How do you detach from them and do your thing? Right. That's the hardest part about the game. That's why we have a show, but hopefully Rory can find the fun of the game, you know, and the shot making of the game, the creativity of the game and trying to hit. Well, I, and I think he can, it's just, it's just, it's just 
Managing, or we're making man- too much of it, and he just his putter got cold, and that's what right. it is. On Thursday, the announcers were talking about how oh, it's so great to see Rory flighting wedges, and yeah. how he hasn't historically done that. It's like this is Rory McIlroy. How is Rory McIlroy not <laughs> flighting wedges? Right. You know, like that's what made Dustin Johnson so great. So you know, we don't well, need to be it. on. We're not here to compare torpos. I'm, you know, but we're trying to find little nuggets that you can take with your game. And it's like, okay, well, if you're a Rory McIlroy S, let's say you're a longer player, you know, you're going to have a lot of wedges in spend more time flighting wedges, you know, like driver wedge putting like, yeah, I think JT's dad is just unbelievable. He's JT's dad is coaching Charlie. JT's dad pulls him aside in the practice round. Hey, get the alignment sticks out fundamentals. Right. let's Let's go hit some shots. That's JT's story of the week. He was hard on himself. He wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't sharp in the practice round. And Bones and his dad were in his ear. Yeah. Not a great team. I think it's a great reminder that we talked about self-talk, right? It's great to have those people around us. But sometimes we have to be that person to just tell ourselves to keep going, yeah. keep fighting. To me, that was the takeaway of the tournament is patience. A lot of changing, a lot of elements, a weird text in today during the round, and it was kind of teetering back and forth. No one was really making a huge move. The leaders were kind of staying where they were, coming back a little bit. I mean, what do you hear Tiger talk about in in the tournaments he wins? He says a very specific statement. He said, I was just plodding along out there. That's how he won the 2019 Masters. Yeah. He, he waited for everyone to make a mistake on 12. It, and then but he, he... But he's still got to get lucky. That's still got to happen. You know? Sure. But just stick... But that's but the, the point. The point is stick to your plan. Yeah. And just see... And you see what happens. Stick to your plan. See if you can outlast everybody else. Play your game. Because Mito... your spot. Maybe doesn't hit in the water. But JT probably still... If Mito wins, he goes, you know what? I came back and shot 67 and had a chance to win. But I think that's so cool. It's like... To me, that's the practice of the game. It's like you could have everything going against you. Your swing could feel weird. You're getting the wrong bounces. And everyone else that you might play with you get the wrong would be, would be thinking draws. tea time draws. <laughs> but I'm even talking like you and me. Like if you're playing with your buddies, if all that stuff is happening on the front nine, you could be thinking, well, I suck. I need to go back to the drawing board. I don't want to be here. Like, you could immediately spiral to think everything's against you. But if you just use this show as a reminder that no, all you got to do is stay in it. All you got to do is keep hitting shots. All you got to do is like, yeah, hit to the middle of the green. All you got to do is swing a little softer. All you got to do is hit a knockdown. All you got to do is hit a better club off the tee. And don't, and exactly. And when you're playing against your buddies, you have to always expect that they're going to do something great. The minute and, and the minute you get caught up with them, you know, oh, I can't believe he got that lucky break. I can't believe it kicked back in the fairway. You know, the minute you're caught up in what they're like, what's happening with their game, you're done. Yeah. You know, expect them to hit good shots. Don't even worry about it because you're going to get good breaks too. But how many times do you hear that, Ev? Oh my God, these guys just can't miss a putt today. Oh my God, they get every good bounce. Right. And you're just spiraling. Yeah, I find um, a it's, lot of people. It's bad. It's really I find bad. a lot of people get energy from like being uncommon. So like, if you tell yourself like, "Well, everyone's 
everyone else, 99% of people would probably get frustrated in this, in this position. I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to see it as like fuel and everyone else is going to get frustrated, but just wait until see what I do down the stretch, right? Just giving yourself a little boost, staying in it. Yeah. But before we start talking about JT, let's take another quick break and hear from our friends at Red Rooster Gloves. I'm really excited to talk to you about this because it's been about, what, four or five months now that you, me, and Hank have been exclusively playing Red Rooster Gloves. Yep. Uh, last week, we talked about uh, sizing and a lot of common mistakes of sizing. This week, I want to talk about how you know when to replace your glove, how long you usually play your glove and some pro tips on that. So, cause I think this is a, a huge issue. A lot of guys and gals play their gloves way longer than they should. And they know it holes, mm-hmm. crusty. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, it's the thing that connects us to our club. It's our feel, but they don't want to invest in a new glove. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're hundred percent right. So let me go into this a little bit, Sarm. Uh, there's a lot of factors that affect how long a glove lasts, okay? It's, one is the leather. So the thinner the leather, the shorter its lifespan, okay? Which is why Red Rooster uh, shows an imperceptibly thicker grade of leather that gives you probably a few, four or five, maybe extra rounds. So they're walking the line of it's high-quality Cabretta leather hand-stitched from Indonesia, but it's, you would never know. It's a little bit thicker for durability, right? It's that constant yep. balance, right? The other aspect here is weather. So hot, humid conditions can be tough on leather gloves. Same yep. with cool, wet conditions. The other is grip, grip pressure. Grip pressure varies, right? The harder you grip, harder you swing, the harder you are on your, on your glove. It's not a surprise. Dirty grips and cord grips wear out gloves faster. So yep. think about what kind of grips and your grip pressure. And then glove care. Let's maybe talk about this because not a lot of people care for their gloves. There's actually things you can do to preserve your glove life. So if you keep your gloves flat and dry, they last much longer. So Red Rooster actually sells glove cases, which can exponentially extend the life of your glove. It hangs on the golf bag, keeps them dry. Like, what about you, Storm? Do you take off your glove in between shots or you keep it on the whole round? Oh, I, I take it off every time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most, I mean, most do, and that's what you want to do. You got to give it some, some, you got to give it a breather. And on a warm day, it's good to play two gloves, right? Mm, that's what I, the founder told me. Carrie told me that right, he, I mean, he puts gloves in rotation. Right. And one, it's for your performance out there. So one glove's not getting like oversaturated with sweat, for example. And yeah. two, the gloves will just last longer. But Ev, these Red Rooster gloves are the best gloves I've ever worn. And for somebody who's always struggled with a, the right fit, a medium large, these fit so much more true than FootJoy and Titleist. And those are the two gloves I've only worn my entire playing career. Yeah. But those were always a little bigger. These, it's like a perfect fit. The durability is great and the design's cool, Ev. Yeah. Like the rooster logo, the red, they have different colors. We got, I got some, we got a yellow and yellow and green ones that are coming now. Yeah. The new spring designs. The last thing I'll say with the glove though, I mean, I think for everybody out there, you should have your practice gloves. You should have your playing gloves. Your practice Mm. gloves can be a little beat up, you know, 
Um, but you really preserve those gloves for playing. And those should be, you know, um, your newer gloves. You should be taking care of, like you talked about, put in the case. Yeah. Well, I'll just say this. I think it's a big deal what you just said, because you come from a premier golfing family in Illinois. You're all D1 players. Like, it's a big deal for you to switch gloves, not just switch gloves because we're starting to work with Red Rooster, but actually like playing it. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't play it if you didn't feel like it helped your game or it felt good. A hundred percent. I mean, this is like the glove is so big for me. Yeah. Because like, I'm one of those guys, like I can't even demonstrate without a glove. I can't go to top golf and somebody calls me over and hit the shot. I, cause my hands just sweat. I always <laughs> need a glove. Yeah. We brought them to top golf it, when we were there. I always need a glove. And, and these red rooster gloves are absolutely the best glove I've ever worn. You guys got to check this stuff out. It's yeah. so good. I agree. I love my little uh, silver. I get the silver gray. I think they call it the silver Scott. So yep. it's like subtle. It's like a little bit of a flare from the classic white, but the red rooster logo on the front. So clean people are like, Oh, what kind of glove is that? I like that. So go to redrooster.com, enter the code train, get 20% off anything uh, on the website and get yourself a glove. Here's what everyone does. Uh, their founder told me this. He said, most people get one glove, obviously their first time. They want to make sure it's good. Then after that, they get the subscription. We'll talk about the subscription in a future week. But go to redroostergolf.com, enter the code train, get yourself 20% off and um, start to think about how you care for them, uh, how to preserve the glove. It's a big deal and it's going to only help your game. So uh, thanks for Red Rooster um, for all of our gloves and hopefully you guys can hop on the Red Rooster train as well. Absolutely. Let's finish talking yeah, about JT a little bit. People need to remember that Justin Thomas didn't feel good coming into the tournament and all of the things we said. Use Justin Thomas as a reminder for your game that you don't need to feel good. You don't need to be striping it at the range. You don't need to be playing well coming in. All you need to do is hang around and stay yeah. in it mentally. It's hard though, you know, right? But convince yourself that you're, t- you're never out of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, and I think an, actually an example of that was Fitzpatrick. You could tell he was down and out with that chipping he had at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, and he was back into it. Right. Right. I mean, Right. And that's for the Zalatoris thought he was out of it. Yeah. For all. And then he was in a playoff. Made par, yeah. So everybody listening, like you could, you could hit a lot of bad shots, but a next shot can change your whole mojo momentum and your belief. Right. Yeah. You know, well, look, just because you was, get bad breaks doesn't mean you can't get good breaks too. Totally. And I always think back to my round at St. Andrews, the old course where, you know, I was so excited to be there. I didn't care about how I played. So started playing decent, but then on the back nine, I was so present. I didn't realize that I made two birdies coming in and I was one under on the back. Right. Yeah. So there's, I think what JT was really good at was executing, obsessing over the execution and just giving himself chances and staying in it. And that's essentially, if you unpack all of the best rounds in golf, they all are that. They are all just, yeah. oh, I was just giving myself looks. I was focused on what I was doing. And I, I ended up but winning he, and or he giving be, myself a chance. He had to be told, stop being so hard on yourself. Yeah. You can't do any of that if you're freaking out over every bad shot or yeah. every putt that burned the edge. It's like. <laughs> and remember, guys, if so, JT was hard on himself coming in and not playing well, needed to tell himself to be less hard on himself 
And by becoming less hard on himself, won his second major that he even admitted to was the hardest, harder to win because of the internal pressure he was creating for himself. So, you know, take guys, Jay, take the, take that to your Saturday game. Next weekend human. With your buddies. Yeah. I know he's better than all of us. I know his skills superior, but it was his mind that helped him win. Right. So we, we all deal with the same things. He might be shooting 67. You're shooting 87. Right. But yeah. you're they're still dealing with the same things. It might feel like a 92 day, but it can be an 87 day. You know, right. <laughs> it, right. it can be, you know, and the guy that couldn't miss it, Augusta missed the cut here. Ooh, so yeah. everyone's human. Uh, some days are just off days, but it's not going to help by having what you think is an off day and telling yourself that you suck. Let's just like, let's just let's call just it what end, it is. Let's just end it there. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, guys, if we've added any value, uh, we love getting your messages at the par train on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. So please keep sending those. Give us a yeah. follow if you don't. Um, but if, if you've given us a message or we're helping you enjoy the ride, uh, do us a solid. Give us a review at Apple Podcasts or five stars at Spotify. It means the world. That's all we ask. And yeah, uh, really appreciate it. No matter how you're playing, no matter how bad you think it is, no matter how much you're starting to get down on yourself, what do they got to do, sir? Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, guys. Take care. <laughs>